Are you a follower of Jesus Christ who's done being quiet? Are you ready to tell the world whose you are, totally, fearlessly, and unapologetically? And are you ready to smash that imaginary wall that supposedly divides your career and faith life? Welcome to the C-Suite for Christ podcast, where we talk about living as a disciple of Christ in the world of work. Before we get to the content we have in store for you today, here's a quick word from our sponsor. Are you a Christian-based organization? Well, so are we, and we're here to serve you. We want to help you with your mission, so please visit paragonmarketinggroup.com to see how we can help. Well, hi, everybody. Welcome to the C-Suite for Christ podcast. What a blessing it is to have you join us, and again, when it comes to podcasts and radio shows and other things that are vying for your attention from a media perspective, there is, there's a lot to choose from. So the fact that you've chosen us at the C-Suite for Christ podcast, that means a lot to us. And I do promise that we are going to be a good steward of your time. Now, if you follow the C-Suite for Christ podcast, you know that our mission is to cover the world in Christ. And it's one person at a time, one interaction at a time one social media post at a time, whatever that is. And your ability to help us further that mission is certainly something that we're very grateful for. You know, if you've learned anything about me, and again, being the founder of this wonderful ministry, I have a rather large profile. So I I do talk about my story quite a bit. But one of the things that you might not have known about me previously was that my educational life was was not always predetermined. I, I'm a product of the public school system for the most part. Now, I'm not here to bash public schools, so, so don't start expecting that. Some public schools are, are really quite good, and, and I excelled. I mean, I, I guess I would be what you call a nerd, a dork, something like that with my protractor. I, I mean, I never really had the tape in the middle of my glasses, but for the most part, I would be what you would call a nerd. I excelled in school. I love school. Boy, and again, I, I, I didn't have very many girlfriends growing up either, obviously. But when the teacher told us we had a test coming up, I'd get excited about that. Another chance to get an A, another chance to boost the old uh, grade point average, I suppose. And uh, as I got a little bit older and I got a little bit more confident, I started to come into my own a little bit. I started to make some pretty good friends. I started to be a rather popular kid on campus. Well, my brother and I, we went to... Cudahy Middle School, and that that went up to eighth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade. It was right around the time that I was halfway through my eighth grade year. Again, I'm a big I'm a big shot now in the Cudahy Middle School system. I'm the top dog. I'm, I'm figuring out how this stuff works. And like I said, I was making a decent amount of friends. Well, it was my expectation that I was also going to be going to Cudahy High School. That just Cudahy Middle School, Cudahy High School, it would just make sense. And I remember I came home one fall day. So we're a couple months into the school year, if that. And I remember I'm looking at my dad, my hero, and he just looks like he's got the weight of the world on his shoulders. Looks like something's bothering him. And uh, we went outside to toss the football, which we did on a pretty regular basis. And he, he shared with me at that time that he had different plans for me. I thought, what do you mean? Like, are we just going to have a different supper tonight? What do you mean you had different plans? I don't really understand. And he said, well, 
I've been thinking about it and praying about it. And uh, next year, when I'm in ninth grade, I want you to go to St. Thomas More High School. It's a Catholic high school in Milwaukee. And it's like that football hit me in the nether regions. I was kind of stunned. The air was uh, taken out of me for a little bit. Wait a minute. What, what, what do you mean St. Thomas More High School? No, that doesn't make sense. I'm going to Cudahy Middle School. The next step is Cudahy High School. Dad, that's where my friends are going. I'm on the basketball team. I was thinking I was going to play basketball there too. The two or three girls that I've been chasing for six years that pretend that I don't exist, they're going to Cudahy High School. I need to continue to pretend to chase them or whatever the case may be. But in all seriousness, I, I was pretty devastated. I don't know anybody at St. Thomas More High School. I'm the top dog. I don't want to start all over again. And that, that's why my dad had that look of pain and anguish on his face. Ugh. I know what Paul wants. I know the direction that Paul wants to go. I know what Paul feels is the best step. But at the end of the day, I'm Paul's father. I know better. And this is the direction I want us to go. I didn't take that well. I love my dad. I, I mean, I didn't say anything mean to him. Like I, I didn't call him names or say anything that I regret. But I remember crying a lot, a lot. I don't mind admitting that. Maybe, maybe for like two weeks. This isn't fair, I would say. I don't want to do this, I would say. This isn't according to my plan, I would say. You see, my dad graduated from Mesmer High School in the early 1970s, and he knew what a Christian education was all about. And up until that point, you know, again, we're in the public school system for the majority of our, of our career. We hadn't experienced that. My dad did, and he wanted it for us. But I didn't want that for me. And again, my dad was very loving about it. My dad was very kind about it. My dad was very tender about it. And I remember in one of the final protests that I had, I just told him, I said, I said, Dad, why? Why would you do this? I'm getting good grades at the Cudahy Middle School. I'm thriving at the Cudahy Middle School. I don't need to go to St. Thomas More High School. We go to church, whatever else. You don't need to do this. I'm going to be fine where I am. And then I remember my dad just looked at me in the eyes very tenderly, very lovingly. And he said, Paul, one day you're going to thank me for this. I know what needs to be done. And I gave up. I said, okay, fine, dad. I love you. I trust you. And to say that that was one of the best decisions that was ever made on my behalf would be a gross understatement. Fast forward four years. I thrived at St. Thomas More High School. It was a smaller school. I was able to stand out in the crowd. I was able to develop my leadership skills. I've always had a relationship with God, but I don't think I ever knew him all that well. Well, going to a Christian school, it's impossible not to. Religious classes, retreats that were based on faith. We had mass at St. Thomas More High School on a regular basis. Not only did I become a leader, not only did I find my voice, not only did I find a deeper, more meaningful relationship with my Lord and Savior? It set me on the path that I'm on right now. Without St. Thomas More, there's no C-suite for Christ. Without St. Thomas More, there is no way I have the relationship with my Heavenly Father like I do. And without that strong relationship, I never, ever would have been able to successfully deal with the trials that I've been through. Anxiety, depression, I was borderline suicidal for a while. Right now, I'm clinically OCD. That, that can be tough, even with medication to, to deal with. My father knew what I wanted, and he went for it. 
let's read scripture here because I also think this has applications for us in the spiritual sense. If you look at Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Our heavenly father knows better than all of us combined. He knows what you need. He knows what you want. He knows what needs to happen for you to have this prosperous, fruitful future. You don't know what you need. You may think you do. I didn't know what I needed, even though I thought I did. Even right now, as I'm sitting here behind the microphone in my studio, I don't know what I need. In my story, I'm an eighth grade punk kid who thought he knew what he needed in life, who thought he knew the direction that he wanted to go in. I'm going to go in this direction, and these are the people I'm going to hang out with, and this is the school that I'm going to go to, and these are the things that I'm going to study, and here's how my future goes. My father knew better than I did. And despite my protesting, despite my thoughts to the contrary, despite me pretty much begging and crying and whining, my father, my earthly father, was not dissuaded because, yes, I don't want to see you cry, Paul. I don't want you to be mad at me, Paul. Yeah, I'd rather everything was hunky-dory and you were happy with the situation, Paul. But if that means for two weeks you're going to have to be in the gutter and for two weeks you're going to have to be mad at me, that's okay because I love you and I know what's better for you. Are you trusting your Heavenly Father today? Or are you questioning him? Are you doubting him? Are you acting like he doesn't know what he's doing? Or worse yet, he's not paying attention to you. Youth may think you know what you need. But at the end of the day, the only person that does is our Heavenly Father. And what's beautiful about this is, yes, our Heavenly Father has plans for us. And what it says in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in a future. Not only does our Heavenly Father have plans for us, not only does our Heavenly Father know what we need more than we do, but we can be rest assured according to Scripture. Our Father's plans are to prosper us. Our Father's plans are not to harm us. Our Father's plans are to give us hope in a future. I pray that you rest in that today. I pray that even though right now you don't know what tomorrow holds, even though right now you don't know what next week holds, maybe your marriage is on the rocks, maybe you're financially going day to day, maybe your business, you just took a, big, a bit of an, a risk or an investment in your business, you don't know how that's going to go. We know what we want. We know the direction we want to go in. We know the next steps that we want to take, but our heavenly father knows better and he has plans. Do you trust him? Do you trust him? Because it's a simple question. Either you do or you don't. And if you don't trust your heavenly father, then we have bigger issues at stake. And we have to do a, a bit more of a thorough examination. Well, why don't you trust him in the first place? But if the answer is, yes, I trust my father, then let it go. 
Let your plans go. One of the best analogies that I ever heard with respect to how we Christians are supposed to live our life, it's the bicycle analogy. What we're supposed to do as Christians is we are supposed to pedal that bicycle. We pedal it hard. If we're not pedaling that bicycle, the bicycle don't move, right? But where we get into trouble as Christians is when we're pedaling the bicycle, providing the horsepower, getting that bike to move from point A to point B, and holding on to the handlebars at the same time. Our job is not to steer the bike. Our job is to pedal the bike. Get up every day. Give 110%. Give your best at the, at, at the office. Leave it all out on the field. Give your best to the family. Leave it all out on the field. Dream big dreams. Take calculated risks. Do everything that you're supposed to do to take full advantage of the amazing blessings that God has so generously bestowed upon you. But just trust that God is steering your life in the direction that it has to go in. And what a relief that is. All I have to do is show up and work hard. All I have to do is show up and be present. All I have to do is to show up and give it my very best. God's got this. I thought I knew better than my father about where I was supposed to go to school, what the next phase of my life was supposed to look like, what my future was supposed to be, and I didn't. And when I look back on it in hindsight, my father's decision to send me to St. Thomas More High School was one of the best decisions ever made for me in my entire life. Had I fought him, had I protested, had I said, screw this, I'm running away, my life would be a shell of what it is today. Your heavenly father loves you more than you can possibly comprehend. He wants what's best for you. Will you trust him? And if the answer is yes, let go of your plans. Let go of what you want to see in the world. Show up every day. Be present every day. Work hard every day. But know that God has plans for you. Because according to Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And it's my sincerest prayer that you find comfort in that verse today. Our guest today is Jeremy Bach, and he has got some wonderful information to share based on his past life experience, based upon some of the things that he's gone through including a very powerful story about how on the surface, what the heck, why would God do this to prosper me when it actually looks like it's the exact opposite, but without this happening in Jeremy's life, he would not be the man he is today. And I think, I think you're going to be able to relate to this in some way, shape, or form. We're going to be right back with our special guest, Jeremy Bach, right here on the C-Suite for Christ podcast. And welcome back, everybody, to the C-Suite for Christ podcast. Before we introduce you to Jeremy Bach, I just wanted to encourage everybody to join our movement. When we talk about covering the world in Christ, this is not a bumper sticker. This is not just a slogan that goes on a T-shirt that you wear to the mall. This is what we stand for. This is what we believe. And if we're going to shine a light into the dark corner and crevice of the world. We are definitely going to need your support. We cannot do it alone. Check out our website, csuiteforchrist.com. Join our ministry and find a way to get involved. 
Speaking of involved, one of the C-Suite for Christ members that has been involved in our organization pretty much since day one is my friend and brother in Christ, Jeremy Bach. He is the executive director of the Center for Christian Leadership at Wisconsin Lutheran College. He is doing more for the kingdom than arguably anybody that I know, especially people associated with C-Suite for Christ. And that's saying a lot because we've got some movers and shakers in the group. Mr. Bach, my brother, wonderful to have you on the podcast, sir. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate the opportunity to spend a few minutes with you today. Absolutely. Well, a couple minutes with you is worth its weight in gold, (laughs) my friend. And uh, as you know, Jeremy, we're unpacking a verse that I know means a lot to you specifically. That's Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. That's a beautiful verse, and I know you like that one as well, Mr. Bach. What specifically does that verse mean to you? I think first and foremost, as a redeemed child of God, you know, only through what Jesus has done for us, there's a lot of blessings that come with that. And I think one of the most critical blessings to me is knowing that God's got a perfect plan for my life, uh, and his plans never fail. Mine do. Um, But even through the things that don't go right for me, the twists and turns that come through life, he uses those experiences to carry out that perfect plan for me. And that's something that I've just held on to. I've had enough up and downs throughout my life, but that has been something that's been a real stronghold for me. In fact, I have it hanging on a plaque in my office. So the first thing when I walk in every day, I look at that verse as a reminder that, hey, I don't know what God's got coming today but all of it's part of his plan to carry out what is perfect according to him for my life. Yeah. What a nice visual reminder that has to be. And to be able to walk into your office and see that, and regardless of how your day is going and what's on your mind, instant perspective readjustment there, I have to imagine. And one of the things that you had talked about, Jeremy, that I wanted to kind of unpack here a little bit is The ups and downs, as you mentioned, in your life, like anybody else, like a successful professional, like the wonderful family man you are, you have had some ups and downs in your life. And kind of when you're going through those downs, it could almost be when you're looking at Jeremiah 29, 11, wait a minute, God, hold on a minute here. You said you had plans to prosper me, not harm me. And when you're in the midst of those downs, all you see is the harm, not the prosper. Would you be able to give us an example in your life where something which on the surface appeared to be harmful to you turned out to actually be prospering you? Well, I have to go back. Um, I know I talked about this like in a God moment for C-suite, but not everybody would have heard that. Um, And that was back when I was in high school. I, I went to, at the time, Northwestern Prep in Watertown. I grew up in Houstonsford, a small town was expected to kind of go there for basketball. And I got encouraged to, to go to this high school that prepared people to be pastors and teachers. I went there to play sports because they had great sports teams. And my senior year, um, and we had already won a state championship and things were great. I got really sick. I was flown flight for life. They told my parents, I didn't think I was going to survive. They thought it was spinal meningitis. And um, it was just a viral infection overtook my central nervous system. But that changed a lot of perspective for me. Um, I was, if you'd asked me where God was in my life, he was probably number 10 or 15. It was basketball, it was academics, it was everything else. And that opened my eyes to different opportunities. And it was my basketball coach who recruited me to come there, who said, you really need to consider going into education. 
in our Christian schools. And that was the furthest thing from my mind. And had that not happened, that wouldn't have allowed me to be open to his suggestion to go to our teacher training school, which led now into a year of spending, this is my 26th year in Christian education. So something that was terrible that didn't know if I was going to make it, in the end, it changed my whole perspective on life, what was important, the people around me, how I need to be listening, and it allowed me this uh, wonderful career that I, I would never have imagined. Yeah, and selfishly, I asked, even though I am well-versed in that story, that is one of my favorite stories of anybody associated with C-Suite for Christ. And if you're not familiar with Jeremy Bach's very powerful God moment, I would encourage you to go to the C-Suite for Christ YouTube channel. I mean, you should be subscribed to that anyway. What the heck am I talking about? But go to the C-Suite for Christ YouTube channel. Jeremy's God moment lives on that channel. It is a very powerful story. And one of the things that Jeremy is, is talking about here, and if you're no stranger to C-Suite for Christ, you've probably heard me say this before as well. One of my favorite K-Love songs is from Casting Crowns. And Jeremy, yes, that is a segue to you, my friend, is from uh, Casting Crowns called Just Be Held. And there's a line in that song that says, if your eyes are on the storm, you'll wonder if I love you still. But if your eyes are on the cross, you'll know that I always have and I always will. And it's very hard sometimes if your eyes are focused on the storm to, to really kind of see why God is doing this. But if your eyes are on the cross and like Jeremy has eloquently shared, when you kind of look back on things retrospectively, yeah, maybe God did this for me as opposed to to me. But I think that also is a segue into our next question here, Jeremy, too, because sometimes it can be tough to keep your eyes on the cross in the midst of the storm. Sometimes it can be tough to count your blessings when it looks like your world is utterly, truly, completely falling apart, as you were kind of talking about there in your powerful story. So let's say somebody listening to the C-Suite for Christ podcast today is only seeing trouble. Yeah, right. Jeremiah 29, 11. Plans to prosper me? I don't think so. My life is a hot mess. It's getting worse every single day. What advice would you give to that person who only sees trouble in their life and doesn't feel prosperous at all? I think there's, I mean, it can happen and it happens often. And I just look back and I think, so I've been privileged to serve in Christian schools and Christian ministry for 25 years. And I think even those places, I mean, you're not exempt from that. Troubles, doubting yourself, is this the right place? Uh, people are imperfect. They do imperfect things um, and they, it can get tough. And so I would say one, first, it's, I think it's a time to do inventory when those things come about. And I would inventory the following things. First, who am I hanging around with? Who are the people that are in my circle? There are some times that there are people who are just very negative and they have strong voices and we can lock into that and you can't see the positives. I've always tried to surround myself with people that know more than I do, that are going to tell me the things that I need to hear that maybe I don't want to hear, that can be great influencers, great mentors. So I would say, who are you hanging around with too? Take time to reflect on your day's activities. We often just run from thing to thing. And I'm you know, like you, Paul, you have a lot going on. We all do. When we do that, you tend to lose sight of the positives in the day. But if you take a minute or two, I don't care if it's on your drive home or journaling, whatever it is, I think there's one or two positives that we can take away from the day. It might even be a short conversation you had with somebody that was positive. 
you can focus, write those down and focus on those things. Three, I think it depends how you look at the trial or the challenge that you're facing. Do you look at it as a negative or do you look at it as an opportunity for growth? Troubles are going to come. You're going to have them no matter what. How we react to those is all up to us. So I've looked back through my time and I've had some chance. I mean, I've had, I talked about being sick. I've had some brutal, brutal challenges in my roles. And every time, even though it seemed dark, God used that to bring about something better and prepared me for something that was going to come in the future that he already had planned for me. So I always look at it this way. What can I learn from this experience right now that is going to allow me a better path forward? And four, I would say, you know, God knows your breaking point. He knows how much you can handle. I always think of a weight on a board and you see it breaking. It's going down. It's going down. He's not going to allow that board to break. It may hurt. It's going to be tough, but he's not going to give you more than what you can handle or bear. We're told that in his word and his promises never fail. So those are the four things that I try to do uh, when faced with challenges and adversity. Well, one of the things that I should have tried to do earlier today was get a bigger notepad for this conversation. I'm running <laughs> out of room with all these uh, golden nuggets you're dispensing. But yeah, as it says in the book of Proverbs, iron sharpens iron. And I think there's a lot of truth to what you're saying and to the point where you made of, you know, you want to surround yourself with people that tell you what you need to hear, not so much what you want to hear. With that in mind, Jeremy, you should have worn a different shirt today. I should have worn a different shirt. <laughs> That's just a bad joke. I'm sorry. Making sure, you're, <laughs> making sure you're paying attention over there. Yes, absolutely. So with oh, he's my brother in Christ. I love him. I can get away with it. Plus, it's my show. So, yes, no. Yeah, great, great advice there for sure. And, and I think one of the things that I, I wanted your thoughts on, because, again, this is a sweet spot of yours. I mean, you are a very... Uh, thought-provoking guy with respect to how deep you take your faith. I mean, let, let's unpack in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, in particular, the word prosper. You mean, I, again, I would love your thoughts on this because maybe to some degree, prosper is a subjective term. What one person defines as prosper might be different than how somebody else defines prosper. Or is prosper more of an objective term where it pretty much means the same for everybody. I know you're not a Bible scholar per se, but when you see prosper in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, does that mean different thing to different people or is it more universal in nature, would you say? I don't think it's universal. I think if you'd ask 10 people, you're probably going to get five or six different answers. I think they may have a different definition of what prosper means. Some may look at it as, boy, I'm prospering. They're going to look simply at their bottom line. What is my income? What am I bringing in? Am I being prosperous that way? Some may look at it at their job. Are they advancing in their career? Are they moving up? Some may look at their goals that they've established, whether it be a short-term, one month, three months, or 90-day goals, or one-year goals. Are we, are we prospering in those? I, the way I look at it, when, when, that, when you see that in that verse, in the end is I think of, am I maximizing the gifts that God has given me in service to him. And I, when I say in service to him, that's in my job, in my family, in my community, all of those things. And the only way that I can do that, I think, is to further understand the gifts that God's given me. And something that was hugely impactful in me when I came to Wisconsin Lutheran College is we're a, a strengths finders campus. All our students, all our fact, we, we take it and we really use it. And I had never done that. 
And when I took that here and got coaching on what each of those strengths mean, not just my top five, but my next three, it really helped me understand things from the past as to why some things didn't work, where there wasn't alignment with some of the organizations. It just helped me further understand, yes, these are this is your sweet spot. And when we're working within our strengths, you know, you only need 20% effort to get 80% results when you're working in your top five strengths. So the more we can do to understand how God has uniquely gifted us, how can we use those in service to him? That's all he asks, that we're using our gifts and joy and service to him. And so to me, that's where I look at the word prosper. I'm not looking at it so much from an earthly standpoint, but am I being faithful in my gifts and talents the Lord's given me in service to him? Yeah, I really love that answer, and I think that is certainly a good way for us all to look at that. Not so much the material wealth or what our what our paycheck says or what it says in our bank account, but just uh, how rich are we being in our service to Him? And I, I think that is a, a very healthy way to uh, to look at that question for sure. One of the last questions that I have for you, it's amazing <clears throat> how fast time goes when you're having fun here, Mr. Bach. But, you know, it, it's it's one thing to talk a good game. It's another thing to live it. It's another thing to do it. And one of the things that I admire about you is all the tremendous work that you're doing on behalf of Wisconsin Lutheran College, the lives that you're touching, the people that you're bringing to Christ, your unapologetic advocacy and support for the Lord. Now, again, not everybody has a front row seat to the great stuff you're doing like I do. So for our podcast audience, what are you and Wisconsin Lutheran College doing to be a living embodiment of this verse? And I guess secondarily, how can others get involved with your efforts should they elect to do that? Well, we're, you know, we don't have a hundred year history. Wisconsin Lutheran College, you know, we're in our 50th, soon to be 50th year. And the mission has always been about creating Christian servant leaders. That's our goal. That's our mission. You know, we have 30, 34 majors. We're going to prepare you to be a doctor, a lawyer, a teacher, a nurse, whatever that is. But we are very intentional about you growing and developing your leadership skills so you can be in service out in the community and impacting lives in a positive way. So much so that the college instituted a Center for Christian Leadership, which is the reason why I came over here in 2015 to serve as the first executive director. That whole purpose was to intentionalize the mission of the college. How we do that? We have a Christian Leadership Certificate Program that students can go through regardless of their major. It doesn't matter, but we're going to help develop their tools, the gifts they've been given, so that they can be the best leader possible, not just in their field, in their career field, but in their community as well. Uh, two, we have a leadership speaker series. Obviously, C Street for Christ meets monthly. We do these twice a year because we have people who said, well, I'm already out working, but I want to continue to grow too. So we have guest speakers. It's a luncheon, networking event. And our sole purpose is if you can walk out of those events with one or two things that's going to make you a better leader, it's a win because our communities get better. But also, we do ours from what does this mean for myself as a Christian leader as well. So those are always from a Christian perspective. Three, something that's really, I think, has been impactful for us is our Serve to Lead Impact Challenge. Uh, Students in our Christian Leadership Certificate Program can be a team captain. I think competition is good. I think you're you're a competitive person, Paul. Um, 
when we, but how can we compete to impact the community? I just have to give a short summary of this because it's so impactful. So these students design a servant leadership plan to impact the community in a positive way. They develop a plan. What's the problem they're going to address? What's the solution? What are the anticipated challenges, budget, and then sustainability? They submit that. We review it. We give them coaching. And then they have to go to phase two. They convert that into a five-minute pitch, and they compete in the finals, which is like Shark Tank. Judges in the chair. They're pitching on stage. They're getting live questions. They're getting feedback. So there's tons of life skills, but they're competing for grants. And in the past four years, we've funded 14 teams to the tune of almost $50,000. And then they have eight weeks after they, if they get funded, they have eight weeks to go and do it. So our whole goal for this competition is to give them life skills that they develop, but instill this passion and desire for this life of service. And you can only do that when you're out getting experience doing that. So it's a win for the community. It's a win for the students. We just had our finals. And uh, I don't know, these projects that these students come up with are just tremendous. Uh, I was not thinking like that in, in, in college. And then finally, we've tried to celebrate divine you know, people who are doing fantastic things. And we established the Divine Servant Award several years ago that just recognizes, you know, higher profile individuals who also were not afraid to lead from a heart of faith. And it's been a great event for us. It's a, it's a great opportunity to, for people to bring clients and celebrate Christian servant leadership at the same time supporting scholarships, which are so needy here. So in a short snapshot, those are, I'd say, four things. It's the overall experience here. Um, our professors could teach anywhere. They love our mission. They treat your children as if they're their own. And, uh, but the Center for Christian Leadership is just an intentional way of developing students. And I think of one student who stands out to me. We have a celebration dinner at the end of the year for all these students who complete the certificate program. And, and, and her name is Erica. And she said, you know what? When I started this program, I didn't know the least about leadership. I thought it was position, how much power you had. I didn't know my gifts, but she said, I have all the confidence in the world. I know there are a variety of ways to serve and impact people. I now have the confidence to do that. I just got a job as a nurse at Freighter. I don't want to just be a nurse. I know how to lead and impact people in my sphere of influence. That's the win. That's our goal for every single student uh, here when they leave our campus. Yeah, that's very powerful stuff. And I guess uh, to kind of put a bow on all of that, if you're looking to support other Christians, if you want to get involved in very engaging Christian events, want to have some fun at a Christian concert, want to enroll people in your life in a very top-notch Christian education, you got to look at Wisconsin Lutheran College. They are changing lives and Jeremy is a very humble, modest person. He's going to deflect or give me an aw shucks, I have no doubt. But the organization, especially his center, is thriving under his leadership. You should definitely take a serious look at it. Jeremy, 60 seconds or less. That can be tough for two passionate people like me and you. But 60 seconds or less. Again, I want to look at the end of Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. One of the things that I get, I know there's a lot more that goes on behind closed doors, but part of the reason I love being around you so much is you are a hopeful guy. You are a positive guy. You are an optimistic guy, which is tough, not only being in a prominent leadership position with all the challenges that come with that, but you just look at the world. It is a dark, 
evil, scary place some days. 60 seconds or less, please. How do you maintain such hope when the world is seemingly going in the opposite direction? I maintain hope because uh, through all of this, God is still in control. You know, we may not understand his ways. We may not understand some of the things that's going on. Again, we live in an imperfect world with imperfect people who do nasty things. But in the end, God's in control. You know, I'm reminded of that every, I have a privilege here of attending chapel. As part, we have worship every day here. And I'm reminded of that, both in that and my personal time in the, in the word as well. And Christian music is a huge reminder for me. So with all this going on, God's still in control. And we've got to do everything we can to make sure we teach and train, encourage one another who are already out there, but especially the next generation. And that's what we're trying to do with our students here to make sure they hold on to those truths that don't change in the Bible and that they can apply those to a world that's constantly changing. Well, on that note, I think that's an excellent place to drop the mic, as they say. You've been listening <laughs> to my friend, my brother in Christ, one of the first official members of C-Suite for Christ, Jeremy Bach. Again, he's the executive director of the Center for Christian Leadership at Wisconsin Lutheran College. Jeremy, we really appreciate you taking some time out of your busy day, my friend. Thanks for joining us. Well, it's been a privilege to be a part of it, Paul. Absolutely. We'll be right back on the C-Suite for Christ podcast. Well, as we get ready to wrap up another edition of the C-Suite for Christ podcast, I'd be remiss if I first didn't say thank you to our special guest, Jeremy Bach of Wisconsin Lutheran College. What a fantastic human being Jeremy is. He was one of the initial original guests and members of C-Suite for Christ. I'm very blessed to call Jeremy my friend. And yeah, if you want to get involved with an organization that is covering the world in Christ, if you want to get involved with an organization that is making sure that they're equipping young adults as well as business professionals to live a godly life and to make sure that they're not apologizing for whose they are, Boy, make sure to follow Wisconsin Lutheran College. Take a class, go to a concert, uh, you know, go to one of their events. Just a world-class organization. But as we get ready to close, though, I, I just want to talk a little bit more about some of the things that Jeremy said. Namely, you listen to Jeremy's story. And if you're somebody like Jeremy, wouldn't it be very easy to give up? Here I am. I'm, I, I'm this up-and-coming basketball protege. It's a sport that I love. It's a sport that I'm good at. Now, I'm not going to say that Jeremy Bach was ever going to be in the NBA, but you, you, when you're that age, you never know. I mean, he was a good player. He really had a lot of fun. All of a sudden, bam, just taken away from him like that. Wouldn't it be easy if you were Jeremy sitting in the hospital bed? Wouldn't it be easy if you were Jeremy at rock bottom when it looks like there's darkness all around you? God, what the heck? What are you doing? I thought you loved me. I thought you cared about me. I thought you wanted me to be happy. Why would you put me in this pit of despair? When you're in the middle of the storm and you can barely see three inches away from your face, it's impossible to see what the future holds. That's why we as Christians, in moments like that, we just have to trust that God has a plan. We just have to trust that he knows what he's doing. We just have to trust that our father, because he loves us so much, is not doing any of these, any of these things to us, but rather all of these things for us. Without that incident, without Jeremy having to deal with that illness and some of the subsequent things that happened to him, he would not be the man he is today. He wouldn't have had the experiences that he's had today. 
If you remember my story from the opening segment of this podcast, I thought I knew the direction that I was going to go. And then my father, my earthly father tells me, nope, hit the brakes, kid. You're going to St. Thomas More High School. New school, new friends, new culture, new way of life, new, new everything. I don't want that. I said, I protested. I cried. I whined. I fought back. I gave my father the silent treatment. Does that sound familiar for you? Jeez, God, why aren't you listening to me? Why aren't you watching me? Have you gone out to lunch? Don't you see what's going on? How could you do this to me? God sees you. God is holding you. God is paying intimately close attention to what's going on in your life. But God's ways are not our ways. And according to Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Do you trust your heavenly father? And if the answer is yes, just give it to him. Give your plans to God. Give your future to God. Give your hopes to God, because I hate to be the bearer of bad news here. This life is not about your goals. It's God's. This life is not about your plans. It's God's. In this very self-centered culture that we live in, this society will make you feel otherwise. It's about your goals, your plans, the things that you want to get out of life. That's BS on a stick. No, it's not. Our whole purpose in life is to make ourselves available to glorify God and point others to him. That's it. That is it. God created you. God made you. It's like he's sitting at the potter's wheel and we're his clay creations. Who are we to tell God? We were made by God. It's not us to tell him what needs to happen. He made us and he's going to use us for his purposes. But rest assured, again, according to Jeremiah 29, verse 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Even though you're giving it to God, even though you're saying, okay, God, I'm yours, it's thy will, not my will, just know, not only does he have plans for you, but he has plans to prosper you, to give you hope and a future, and what's not to love about that? I'm Paul M. Newberger, the founder of C-Suite for Christ. It has been a blessing to have you join us here on the C-Suite for Christ podcast. Do me a favor. As I say all the time, it is our stated mission as a ministry to cover the world in Christ. One of the ways we can cover the world in Christ is by having you, our valuable listener, share this podcast with others. Make a post on social media. Hey, I came across this show covering, or I came across this show, the C-Suite for Christ podcast, post it on social media, send an email to a couple of people. Just do something to get the word out because I think you would readily agree and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you would readily agree this world needs more Christ, right? So why not start right here, right now? Check us out on our website, csuiteforchrist.com. If you want more information, it'd be a blessing to have you follow us on social media, attend one of our monthly gatherings, join one of our weekly ministries. Whatever you do, just do something, because together we're going to cover the world in Christ. I'm Paul M. Newberger. God bless you. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us on the C-Suite for Christ podcast. People everywhere are thirsting for Christ. Our goal is to cover the world in Christ using hope, encouragement, and God's nourishing words. 
We hope you'll join us. Please visit csweetforchrist.com and come back soon for more conversations centered around God's endless love for us all. I saw you in my dreams before I came here. I will keep you in my dreams when I leave here. I won't forget you, no, 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 no. I won't forget you. You're like one of a kind and my eyes light up when I think about you. Life goes on and on.